Aren't you glad to live in a country that's free? Amen. Praise the Lord. You can thank your lucky stars or you can just thank the providence of God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad to be free from bondage as a child of God? Amen. Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. We'll cover one verse this morning. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. Hebrews 7, verse 1. I want to say thank you, Brother Aaron and the choir and all of those. This is their third time this morning. They were here at the early service. They were at 930 service at Mason Creek. And they're here today. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'd also just say thanks to this, this whole staff. Uh, they, they, mm, uh, you know, I, I've been in a lot of churches. And, and, man, people get all ticked off and, you know, hacked off over the smallest things. And uh, you, you got to, around here, there's something always going on. Uh, I mean, it's just around the clock. And when Bible school comes up, you know, you, we're looking for a place to put four or 500 people. And we've got CR on Monday night. And we got a patriotic choir this morning. And we got vacation Bible school in a castle. And, you know, all, all we, we communicate, communicate together. And, you know, nobody lost their cool. Everybody just says, we'll work with whatever. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. And I want to tell you, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, that doesn't happen very often. And uh, I appreciate our staff. Not to mention the youth are out of their building, too. It's, it's always just, it's, but it's exciting. Man, have mercy. Just think of the souls that's going to be saved this week during vacation Bible school. It excites us. Amen. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Bible says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Father, thank you today. Thank you for America today. Lord, I, our hearts are burdened. We believe our country's going down a slippery road. Lord, we look at what's going on in France today and realize if something doesn't happen, we're going to experience those same things. Lord, we look this morning, we've got five missionaries that we support in India that have been arrested, put in jail, may not live through the week, but their churches aren't backing down. They're standing up. And Lord, I, I pray this morning, we've got missionary in Sudan that's working there when all of the others have fled and are leaving. Would you watch over them and take care of them? Lord, we've got missionaries in Ukraine that we support prayerfully and financially and Lord, it's a turmoil all the time. And our missionaries here in America and all over the world, 3,500 foreign missionaries, Lord, I pray for their safety this morning. And I pray for America. I pray that, God, you would restore unto us the joy of our salvation, that the church might get happy again, serving you and praising you and thanking you, that, God, we'd see another time when your spirit would fall fresh on our country and we'd see a breaking out of renewal and awakening and revival in our midst. Lord, we love you. I ask you right now to be with us in this service. Don't let us hear anything except your Holy Spirit. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I don't know whether you've ever been mistaken for someone else or not. I've heard all kinds of stories, especially with twins. They swap places, same DNA and everything. I've heard, uh, uh, you know, people mistake their car. You know, I, I saw the other day a lady trying to get in a car. She almost told, she had a hammer ready to knock the window out, and it wasn't her car. Uh, and uh, it, it could have been really bad. Probably the most famous one, if you remember back about 10 years ago or so, uh, there was a, a guy by the name of, uh, uh, it was a twins, Kevin and Carl Duggar. Uh, and if you remember right, uh, they were both raised in Chicago. They were both part of gangs. They both were, had murdered people and sold drugs and all kinds of things. One of them was convicted for murdering a person, got 54 years in the, in the penitentiary. And after 20 years of serving there in 2013, the other twin brother came forth and said, it really wasn't my brother that killed him, it was me. He had spent 20 years of his life in the prison, and yet he was mistaken for identity. When you come to Melchizedek, <laughs> uh, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 5, he said, I've got a lot I want to tell you about Melchizedek, but you're slothful in your learning. You become lazy. You're uh, kind of like the old people that just want to know that hell is hot, heaven sweet, and Jesus saves. And that's about as far theology as you got. You say, well, preacher, that's enough. No, no, it's not. We're supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ, and we ought to be coming more like Christ every day of our life. But he said, you're too immature. I can't tell you about that. In verse 20 of chapter 6, he said, Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest for every ever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, it looks like Jesus. When you look at the way he talks, he talks like Jesus. When you look at the description, he looks like Jesus. He's the king of righteousness, the king of Salem. He has no father, no mother. He looks a whole lot like Jesus. In fact, many, if not most, Bible scholars believe that this is Jesus Christ in the incarnate. You're, you're in good, good family. I don't believe that, but you can believe that. You're in good company. There are good scholars who believe that. Now, I'm not going to preach on that this week. You've got to come back next week to find out who I think he is. Uh, but, uh, but I just, we're going to park and, and hit a different angle today. Uh, uh, I think he was a picture and a type of Christ and a portrayal of Christ. Have you, but here's a question I've got for us today. Have you ever been mistaken for Jesus? Has anybody ever said, you know what? Man, when I walked away from you, I just felt like I was in the presence of Jesus. Now, I said Jesus, not the devil. <laughs> All right? Melchizedek looks so much like Jesus. He, if you listen to what he says and you're watching his actions, you're observing his character, he, he, he looks so much. He, I, I, think, I think maybe he's Jesus. Businessman, business owner, people watching you at work, seeing how you operate and how you treat employees and how employees treat you in this business world. Does anybody ever walk away from you and just say, you know what? Man, I think I've just seen Jesus. I mean, with his, his spirit and his attitude and his 
his love for people, teacher in the classroom, coach on the field. Has anybody ever walked away from you and said, you know what, I think I've been in the presence of Jesus. Student on the bus. Anybody ever say, boy, if anybody ever walked with Jesus, that, that, that student does. Stay-at-home mother, weary, weary dad. <laughs> if we were to get a hold of your children today, and we were to say, hey, tell us about your mama and daddy. Would your children, wouldn't it be a blessing if your children said, you know what? We see our mom and daddy at church. We see them at school functions. We see them in the government. We see all these different things. But when we get home, just watching my mom and daddy, hearing them talk in the bedroom and pray, watching their spirit and attitude, I tell you, I'm just like I'm in the presence of Jesus because my parents are so close. What is it that made Melchizedek so much like Jesus? There are three things here, the three characteristics. It's interesting, there's always three. Uh, but uh, there's three characteristics here that make Melchizedek look like Jesus. Number one, he showed righteousness. He showed righteousness. Aren't you glad Jesus shows righteousness today? He's a king of righteousness. There's only two men in the entire Bible that were given the title of priest and king. One of them is Jesus. One of them is Melchizedek. That's the only two. Now, we realize the Jews fiercely divided these two uh, uh, positions, okay? The king was a king. He had his work to do. A priest was a priest. He had his work to do. The priest didn't do the king's work. The king didn't do the priest's work. They were separate people. And they were divided fiercely. Even so, you remember when King Uzziah got tired of waiting on the priest? And he just went ahead and took it himself to light up the incense? God said, because you did that, you're going to have leprosy the rest of your life. So it wasn't only that the Jews took it seriously. I believe God took it seriously. And so... He was unlike any politician. He's a king. He's a politician. But he's unlike any other politician. He's not out to see what he can do for himself or a select few. He's out to serve people. He's, wouldn't that be a fresh breath? Thank God we've got some around us that are good, good men. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. I was in Mississippi yesterday, bought gas over there for $2.68 a gallon. And I got to add it up. I saved $40 by filling my truck up in Mississippi as opposed to what it cost me here. I'm going to start driving to Mississippi every day. <laughs> <laughs> Fill that thing up and bring it back. <laughs> Amen? Uh, you know, I mourn when I put that gas pump in there. Uh, we need a man with a little righteousness. I, and that's another sermon. I won't get into that. But he didn't act like the other. Melchizedek was godly. He was holy. He was righteous. He wasn't a perfect man. Every one of us had fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus was. He was blameless. He was pure. He was exalted above the heavens. The Bible says he was tempted like we are, and yet he never gave in to that temptation. 1 John 2, 1 says, My little children, 
these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men in holiness. And boy, if it stopped there, it would be so wonderful because we just need to encourage one another to follow peace, have peace, and, and go with holiness. But listen to what the rest of the verse says. Without which no man shall see the Lord. The righteousness and holiness is not something to just think about. It's something to do, to put a part of our lives. Philippians 1.11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus unto the glory and praise of God. You don't learn the fruits of righteousness. You get that from the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the only one who can give you that fruit. 33 years he lived on this earth. In his words, there was no deceit. There was no slander. There was no guile. In his actions, there was no sin, no rebellion, no disobedience. In his character, there was no selfishness, no pride, no arrogance. But has anybody ever said after watching you for a little while, I feel like I've been in the presence of Jesus? <laughs> I saw the four men running through the airport. I saw that story. They were late for their flight, and they knocked over an apple cart. A blind man was in the airport there selling apples. All four of them flew in there, you know, and knocked it all down. One of them came back, put all the apples back in place, set everything up. And the blind man put his hand on him and said, Sir, are you Jesus? See, sometimes we can be in situations where if we just let go and let God use us, the world may could see Jesus in us shining through. Galatians 2.20, I know you're sitting here saying, Preacher, I can't do that. Nobody can. Nobody can. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God never expected you or me to live the perfect life. God expects us to die to ourselves and let him live through us. Does your life reflect Jesus? There are five Gospels. You say, oh, wait a minute, there's just four. No, there's five. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you. People watching you live. They know where you go on Sunday morning. That's why it's so critical. If, you, if your neighbor's got a dog you don't like or a cat, learn to love the dog. Love the cat, man. Get along with your neighbor. I mean, on it. Come on, let's just be honest this morning. Who, who wants to go to heaven and stand there and hear somebody say, I'd have been saved, but my neighbor down there was a Christian. He's a hypocrite, and he got mad at me over a dog, or he got mad at me over a fence, or he got mad at me because somebody pooped in my yard there. And I'll tell you, they end up going to hell because you wasn't sensitive enough to, to good Lord have mercy. Let others see Jesus in you. He, he, he showed real righteousness. But secondly, he delivered peace. Now, when you look at that, Salem is a reference, could be a reference to Jerusalem, could be a say, city of its own. Uh, Salem translated from the uh, Greek is Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, the God who is our peace. And it may have been a nickname for a city. We're not sure of a lot of things, but, you know, there are nicknames, uh, we got the potato city, you know, and we got the uh, blueberry capital, and 
if you live in Marshall, you've got the fire ant uh, capital. That's uh, what Marshall is known for. Uh, somebody's a mosquito capital. You've got all different kinds of names uh, for these different ones. But, but literally, Melchizedek was a man of peace. He was a man of peace who reigned in the midst of a world that was full of wars. In Genesis chapter 14, there are nine kings <coughs> at, at, uh, at, at war. And they had allied together where there were two groups. There were five against four. And the only king that wasn't at war was Melchizedek. That's the only one. If you wanted to find peace, if you wanted to find security, you had to run to Melchizedek's because that's the only place you can find it. Listen to me today. That's the only place you're going to find peace today is to run to Jesus. That's it. Peace doesn't come anywhere else. You, you can have peace, but you can't get it under the leadership of Sodom. He's at war. You can't get it under the leadership of Gomorrah. They're at war. You can't get it under Amar. You can't get it under Zoam. They're all at war. There was only one king that wasn't at war. And I want to tell you today, there's still only one king that's not at war, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You can come to him if you want peace, if you want safety. You don't come any other way. We see so many people today who are beating their plowshares into swords. But one day, it's going to be turned around. You, uh, you can be a drug addict, and the world will offer you peace. You know how they offer it? You take another pill. You take another sniff. You take another shot. But your lives are still going to be shattered. Promises are still going to be broken. Literally, the drugs that we have today floating around on the street will cause you, listen to me, young people, to do things you never thought you'd do. In fact, your mom and daddy will be sitting at home after you're arrested, and they're saying, I, I don't understand this. He's a good kid. Never had anything happen like this. But the world says, hey, take this. It's deceitful. Those who are drunkards today, the world's got an opportunity for you. Have you been to, let's just say Super One. That's where I hang out. I know y'all know that. That's why a lot of you quit shopping there because I was following you around. <laughs> I feel bad about that. <laughs> there's two solid aisles. And there's even more at these other stores. How, who can keep up with all that kind of liquor to drink? How would you know what to drink? My soul is just bottle after bottle after bottle. And the world says, hey, Get you this kind. This kind's the best kind. And you get that. But you wake up in the morning and the, bottle of the, the bottom of that bottle is still there. The, the, the promises are broken. The lives are shattered. Families are torn apart. But our Prince of Peace says, Whosoever drinketh of the water I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. I better get a sip of water before this one. Those who are sexually perverted today, some of y'all old enough in here to remember in the 60s, 
the church took a big hit. People said, you Christians, you ought not to be so legalistic. This is just an alternative lifestyle. Let them be. So today, they take over the streets with drag queens and look like complete idiots. Homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism in our schools. Somewhere, we're going to have to wake up and say, hey, we send our kids to learn an education. Amen. Mm. But the world says, hey, we've got peace for you. If you don't feel right being a guy, we've got, we got an operation for you. If you don't feel like being a woman, we've got an operation for you. Now, let me, let me give you this. Just to show you where it leads to. This is not the National Review. This is from this year's National Library of Medicine. 41% of those who are transgender try, and many of them succeed, to commit suicide. 41%. That's almost half of them. You know why? Because you can have all the operations you want to. If God made you a man, you're a man. God made you a woman, you're a woman. And you can have all you want to, but you won't find peace in any of that. It only comes through Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Even on a Sunday morning, there are people all around us, even in this building today, with dead religion, traditionalism, Ritualistic practices. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart. You'll find rest under your souls. When the world offers us peace, it's always to do something better. Get a better job, get a better car, get a better house. It's always something newer. Everything works fine, but I just want a new one. Just want a new one. Every ad you get, especially in kids, I don't care if it's Twitter or Tactic or TikTok or Facebook or anything else you get, everything you get in ads is trying to deceive our people into thinking if you do this, hey, I, I know, I know, I've thrown away a lot of money on a pill. That if you just take this pill once a night, you're going to lose 50 pounds the first month. Hmm. It's deceit. And it's especially trying to impress our young people. You want spiritual peace. There's no one in this world that can take a wave in the ocean and the wind blowing and the storm coming and raise his hands and say, peace be still. And it just calmed down. That's what our Jesus can do. He's the only thing that can calm us down. I don't know about you. I know about me. <laughs> Man, I couldn't say I live in peace all the time because there's a lot of confusion. Is your life peace or is it confusion? I mean, look, when a lost world looks around at us and they see us, what do they see? 
when they're looking at you and they're your neighbors and they know you're saved and you get a bill that you know good and well you don't know how you're going to pay it you just freak out you just go nuts and a lost world says and that that's what you call peace I mean, how's the world going to come to Jesus that any time trouble comes to our life, we act like God's been thrown off the throne? His peace is, is real. His peace is secure. Anytime we get a spot on the x-ray or a sickness or a disease, we act like Jehovah Rapha God. He's, he's off. He, the great physician's out of town. He can't do anything. What this world needs to hear is that the cupboard may be empty, but the throne room's still full. He's still on the throne. And he may, he may, through doctors and hospitals, he may through divine healing, he may through glorious, complete healing taking us home. But we've got peace with Jesus. How's the world? Uh, though this world sickness may take my life i'm handling it because god's handling it i just got to get out of the way i've got to let god do it or it's not going to get done when the storms of life raise up the world needs to see somebody at peace they don't need to see confusion they need to see peace i think brother clark sexton's probably listening this morning I can't remember if it was Brother Clark's favorite song or if it was his mama's favorite song. But the words went like this, While passing through the world of sin and others your life shall view, be clean without, be clean within. Let others see Jesus in you. And then that second verse says, Your life's a book before their eyes. They're reading it through and through. Say, does it point them to the skies? Do others see Jesus in you? Let others see Jesus in you. Let others see Jesus in you. Keep telling the story. Be faithful and true. Let others see Jesus in you. Is that happening in your life? He showed righteousness. He delivered peace. Oh, this, whew, this is a good part. I wish somebody helped me here. He gave mercy. He gave mercy. Mercy that was great and grace was free. I tell you, Melchizedek came looking for Abram. Abram didn't come looking for him. Could I tell you this morning? Jesus is here looking for you this morning. He's knocking at your heart's door. He's saying, hey, haven't you gone long enough? Haven't you been in this world far enough, deep enough? Don't you want to get out of the mess of confusion and get into a life of peace, comfort? It won't happen any other way except through Jesus. It won't happen. It wasn't until... An escaped prisoner, POW camp, he escaped, and he came. You can read it in the 14th chapter of Genesis. 
He escaped and he came back and he told Abram. He hadn't been Abraham now. He's still Abram back here in Genesis 14. He told Abram, he said, uh, there's a lot of POWs over there. They're Canaanites. They're us. They've been captured. And uh, one of them is your nephew, Lot. The one that, remember, you raised as a son? One of them's over there. Abram's saying, hey, uh, I don't want to get in the middle of this. But the Bible says that he got, and I'm not sure why he got 318, but he got 318 together. And they went over and thumped some heads. They brought back spoils. Can you see them coming? There's a whole group of them there coming with the 318 soldiers. And then there's all the spoils that they got there. And then there's old Lot. And, 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 and they're coming. And Melchizedek goes, and he's got the bread and the wine. And Abraham came and gave his tithe to him. Now, a lot of people today uh, think the only thing the church is here for is to, to take your money. And I guess that's probably right. We ain't turned none of it down. Uh, uh, but when you tithe, I, I'll remind you of this, that Melchizedek was before the law. If you say, well, I don't have to tithe because that's under the Old Testament law. No, Melchizedek was before the law. Hmm? Do a little research on that. You'll find it true. But even if he wasn't, when have you ever seen grace not supersede the law? If the law said give 10%, you ought to be giving 20. We just got through singing, thank God I am free, free, but I ain't giving you nothing but my leftovers, God. I appreciate you doing all that for me, but you don't count, don't count on me. I'm not going out there. Lot's in tow. All those men are in tow. And he's free from bondage. Now, if I can get my mind to work this morning right, I want to go backwards. We, we, we've got plenty of time. I'm going to get you out earlier than Brother Case did last Sunday. 1202. <laughs> now, I want to go backwards. They captured Sodom. How, how did they get Lot? How did Lot become a POW? They captured Sodom, and Lot was in Sodom. Why was Lot in Sodom? Well, Abraham and Lot came up to a point, and, and Abraham said, Son, you can take either side you want, whichever one. I, I'll take the light. It don't make any difference to me. You look in Genesis 14. Lot said, this green valleys in here remind me of the green gardens in, e in Egypt. So I'm going to take this side. And so the Bible says he pitches his tent towards Sodom. And then he gets a little closer to Sodom. And then we find Sodom. Uh, <laughs> Lot was a sight. We found Lot sitting in the gate of the city. He's one of the leaders of the city. And then we find him in the middle of all of it. Now, my question is how did Lot know? Egypt's always talking about sin and bondage anywhere in the Bible. How did Lot know that the grass in the gardens of Egypt were so green. 
How did he know that? Let me tell you how he knew it. Because Abram and Sarah took a backslidden road trip down to Egypt. Got out of the will of God, went down into Egypt, and then, bless God, Abraham got right with God. And he said, we've got to get everybody together, and we've got to go back. And he took Lot out of Egypt, but he never got Egypt out of Lot. And I'm telling you, Melchizedek come out of there and said, Abraham, I don't have you ever come to a point to realize sometimes that the pain in your back end come from your own boot? Huh? I mean, Melchizedek come out there and said, son, you got just what I told you this was going to happen. You let those kids watch MTV. You let those kids play all these games. They're shooting and they're firing and they're doing drugs and they look like I don't know what the going. Good grief. And, and then we wonder, well, what happened to my, my baby? You lost control of your baby. Don't let the world raise your children. He could have come out and said, this is all your fault. But he doesn't. He doesn't rain condemnation on him. He doesn't try to put a guilt trip on him. He don't come up to the invitation with a tear-jerk story. He, uh, he says, I came to bless you. Isn't that just like Jesus? He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's what he's here for. I tell you, I've gone through many dark nights when I thought to myself, have I said too much? Have I gone too far? Have I sinned too greatly? Only to receive a word from the Lord that I got the same grace at 70 years old that I got when I was eight years old. His grace is sufficient. I got that same grace. The Bible is still true in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Anybody ever mistaken you for Jesus? Wouldn't that be something if we just kind of made a pact this morning? I know all y'all are not going to do it. <laughs> if we just kind of made a pact that sometime during this week, we're going to try to be so good, so holy, so spiritual. I just say, well, you're putting on a show. Well, sometime maybe we ought to put on a show just to let us know we can do it. But we ought to be so righteous, so holy, so good, so wonderful, so peaceful, so understanding, so giving that maybe somebody would walk away from us and say, you know what? I feel like I was just in the presence of Jesus. Father, thank you this morning. And I pray right now for every person in this congregation. Father, there are those here that need to be saved. They need a relationship with you. And Lord, we'd do anything we could to see that that happens, but there's nothing we can do. It's our choice. I just pray the Holy Spirit would convict them and bring them to an altar and save them today. There are others of us here, Lord, that 
the truth be known, we've not grown in the spiritual admonition of the Lord. We've become cranky and cold, and we accuse everybody of everything. We don't have anything to stand on. We just feel like in our heart everybody's wrong but us. Oh, God, I'd ask you this morning, break down those walls. Lord, would your Holy Spirit move in this place today as only you can and have your way and your will in every life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together? I'm going to invite you to come.